Hey, there we are. Three of us here once again on Miami Total Football uh, Radio. I almost did it. Radio, the show, a.k.a. Miami Total Football Radio, the show. Jose Armando, as you can see, wearing that awful, awful orange. And Andrea Yanis with a straightened hair look. Look at Andrea. She came ready uh, with a with straight hair look on this week's episode. Uh, my name is Franco Panizo. Welcome <laughs> back for you listeners and viewers. Uh, it's the favorite Honduran couple. Yeah, I know you guys liked my tweet earlier uh, this week when I said, Honduras no ha visto una pareja así desde, desde... Come on, who did I compare you guys to? Suazo y Guevara, dijiste. That's right, that's <laughs> right. Because you guys, you guys were killing it on the Tuesday practice. It was a chilly Tuesday training session and Jose and Andrea... Camo sweaters or camo long suits. Jose's was green. Or am I getting it no. backwards? Yours no, was white. Mine was green. Yes. Yeah. Jose was white. Andrea's yeah. was green. Jose's was like white. I mean, it was a fantastic look. Maybe I'll pull up the picture before this uh, before this <laughs> show ends. But anyway, uh, Jose, welcome back. We'll start with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I I think you know. Um. This is the time where you start like reflecting on the season, and you're gonna start missing the long drives to Fort Lauderdale. Maybe not. Um, I think if if this is in any way the end of um, of uh, of a year that I think we we envision at some point, but we never thought it would actually happen. So. For me, I'm doing good and, and reflecting a little bit on 2023 and the whole messy, messy, messy thing that happened here in South Florida. The whole messy thing. Mira, look <laughs> at this. And I know I, we have to figure this out because I, I realize the comment section isn't as uh, uh, isn't as cooperative when there's three of us. Because when I click it here, see, it pushes us all away. But Lou Lopez says, hasta fin, the power couple of Miami Total Football Radio returns. So... That, of course, takes us to Andrea. Andreita, how are you doing this evening? Good. I'm good. I'm feeling good. We are we're like 10 minutes late because we were having technical issues, but we <laughs> figured, it, figured it out. So we're here. We're ready to, to talk about it. And as I was saying, uh, yesterday was a little bit... Um, uh, bittersweet because it was the last game of the season. It ended okay. differently than... than the last home game of the season. There's still one left. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because even though if 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 we would or were traveling to Charlotte, they are not playing in an MLS stadium. They're playing in a NFL stadium. So for me, that doesn't count. So um, <laughs> it was it was the last game of the serial MLS game of the season, and it ended completely different than it ended last year. And uh, well, we were expecting it to end this way. I think from the team, only Simon thought that they could go to a playoffs. And um, we were expecting this, but uh, it was completely different than it was last year because last year they scrapped in and and at least got that. So um, this year they, they've got a title, but they didn't make it to a playoff. So it was a little bit bittersweet, the stadium with all the changes with Messi and everything. So, uh, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm ready to talk about it and uh, to curious to to see what people what people 
what opinion do people have about all this messy situation, like Jose saying, and, and about the team and about everything, right? Because I guess uh, yesterday was a, a big show of things that could happen if if this project um, doesn't come to fruition next year. I don't know what Jose is saying, but Andrea just, uh, I don't know if she threw you under the bus, but she put you in the spotlight, Jose. So uh, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later of what Jose is saying. If you guys are new or if you're old, um, please give us a follow, a like, a subscribe. It is free and it helps us out tremendously. Now, before we get to the soccer, I have to ask, Andrea, is the hair straightened because the weather is cooler? Because the forecast and the temperatures have dropped? Is that why we're seeing straight hair, Andrea? Straight hair, Afisita. Yes, exactly. That, because, yes. I listen, I would be crazy if I straighten my hair to sweat like a pig in every practice <laughs> of Inter Miami in this Miami and South Florida heat because it's been crazy this year. So um, this uh, cold that we had at the beginning of the week made me straighten out my hair and that's why you are uh, watching me without my signature curls this, this week. <laughs> interesting, interesting. A change in approach from Andrea. Well, all right. Enough about hair, enough about your guys' attire. We've got a lot to get to because, well, we haven't recorded since before the FC Cincinnati game that Inter Miami had at home. So there's been two matches. There's been an international break. There's been announcements about postseason tours. There's been rumors about preseason friendlies. A certain player signed a new contract uh, and made his return. That's Gregory. So we've got a lot to talk about. This is going to be a jam-packed show. No way I think we get this underneath an hour and 10 minutes. But yeah, we'll do our best to keep it as, as concise and compact as possible. So a lot to get to. So we'll start with, I mean, people are still trickling in here. So let's start with what happened. Let's go chronologically here. Because that's that's going to lead us into uh, into what happened or what's happened. Um, so Inter Miami played FC Cincinnati uh, about what? Two weeks ago now, almost uh, a week and a half ago, at home at Drafting Stadium in Fort Lauderdale, and Inter Miami lost one to zero. A goal from Alvaro Barrial in the 78th minute that effectively ended Inter Miami's season. It it left them with no chances for the playoffs. Seeing possibilidades de llegar a los playoffs. So that was it for Inter Miami. We don't necessarily need to dive into the game a whole lot. Um, we can talk about a little bit more about the talking points afterwards um, that have obviously come up because that defeat combined with yesterday's midweek draw, two to two stalemate at home against Charlotte FC. That has left into Miami in 14th place. Again, they're eliminated from playoff contention. So just quickly touching on that game, very quick analysis. So I know it's going to you know make you guys have to turn back some time there. Um, just what were your thoughts on that match? Messi did make his return in that game. Lionel Messi came off the bench in that one, but they still lost. Still were not able to end this winless run that they're on. So, Jose, I'll start with you. Well, yeah, Messi made a comeback, but he was not really thinking about, you know, winning that game. He was thinking about, you know, getting ready for the World Cup qualifiers. So, yes, that was the comeback because he was actually on the field. But I think that his priority was with the national team. So, you know, it's it, it's not like, you know, what we saw in League's Cup, he was, like, really wanting 
to win that game. He, he didn't want to take any risks. And um, he needed the 30 minutes to, you know, to be closer to where he wanted to be for the national team. And I think that's exactly what happened, you know. And then, you know, we all know what, what, what this Inter-Miami looks like without Messi, you know. They, they're not they're not as competitive, you know, and they don't have that difference maker. I, I mean, they fight, but, you know, they don't have that player, that moment of brilliance that will take them, you know, to the next level. So I think that's what happened. They, they compete. They compete. Uh, Andrea, you were sitting next to me in the press box on that night, uh, which was, I have the date here, October 7th, Saturday. So, Andrea, I mean, we saw the game together, as we normally do. I mean, Inter-Miami, they had the better of the chances in the first half. They hit the post or the crossbar on three separate occasions but couldn't find the back of the net. That all proves costly because FC Cincinnati finds the winner in the second half. Again, we don't have to go into a whole lot of X's and O's, but kind of similar to what Jose said, you know, with without Messi, they're a team that oh, we got a, we got a Figo appearance on the on the show. Figo, um, there we go. But with, can't end the season without Figo. Um, but it's just, it's just more of the same, right? Even when they do have chances, they don't have that lethal finisher that's ruthlessly putting those chances away. And when they and then on other occasions, they just don't have the guy that creates chances or clear-cut chances for them. So, Andrea, what were your thoughts on on that defeat at home? A missed opportunity for Inter Miami, especially given how that first half went. Well, um, I think they they already knew that with the draw the week before against New York City FC, they were eliminated from the playoffs. It was going to be hard without Messi and with Cincinnati. And even with that, the team, I think the first half tried. Uh, it wasn't enough, and I think it, they were a little bit unlucky with one of the chances, but also Cincinnati is the best team in MLS. So once you have that many, like the three chances they had in the first 45 minutes and they didn't take advantage of that, it was obvious that they were going to lose this game. And um, it came in the second half uh, when uh, Cincinnati went up, and as always, Inter-Miami gives up goals very easily when when Inter Miami is attacked not Busquets not anyone who is playing in the midfield can stop it and the defense can stop it either so um uh they suffer they suffer and and they 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 went that goal down and even though they tried once Messi came in I think that I agree with Jose that Messi was a little bit um constrained in that game, even his shots, the three uh, free kicks that he had were not his usual. And um, it, 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 is, it is what it is. I think they knew that even if they tied that game, even if they won that game, it, it was going to be very difficult to get to the playoffs. So I think that is what we saw on the field. Um, that hunger that they had in the first half, I guess they might have seen the the um, the scores in other matches and they thought okay this is impossible to do and 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 they end, ended up losing um but well messi came back it served him well to play those minutes and and he went to his national team and had a good good run of games but they played well in that first half against Memphis Cincinnati they yeah. actually were the better team on the on the balance of things um, from the run of play in that first half. Again, three shots that hit the crossbar. And then the goal, the goal comes off of a Sergio Busquets turnover in mm-hmm. Inter-Miami's defensive third. He's trying to, you know, control the ball, move forward, gets stripped of the ball. Cincinnati comes back, takes a shot, great counter, makes a save. 
and the rebound from Alvaro Barreal finds the bottom right corner. And that was it. That doomed Inter Miami to no playoff. They could not live to fight another day. So the bigger picture is they were eliminated from the playoffs. And that means League's Cup victory, U.S. Open Cup final appearance, but no trophy and no playoffs. For you guys, actually, before I ask you guys, we're going to listen to DeAndre Yedlin and Drake Callender postgame. Because I asked them both if they would deem the season a success. Because I mean, they won one trophy, the first trophy in franchise history. I don't know what your guys' takes are on that. We'll hear it in a moment. But let's hear what uh, DeAndre Edlin and Drake Callender had to say when I asked them if this season was a success. DeAndre, it's a team effort. But since Leo went out against Toronto, so you guys scored four goals in five games. But how much did you guys miss him during this during this stretch run? Obviously, he's, the, he's a deep... Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh... It's interesting. It's interesting, you know, what perspective. You know, you have different perspectives. At the beginning of the season, if you were to say in June that we're going to end the season with a trophy, you probably deem it a success. But after July, you know, if you just say we're only going to end with one trophy, you probably wouldn't deem it a success. So, however you want to look at it, uh, you know, obviously, as professionals and as players of this club, we want to win everything. So for, uh, for me, at least for me, speaking for me, it was, no, it's not a success. Obviously, we won a trophy, and that's great. We won the first trophy in club history, and that's, and that's great. But, you know, we had an opportunity in the, in the Open Cup, and, you know, I think, you know, um, you know, we, we could have won that. And obviously, with, with this one going in the playoffs, uh, you know, we wanted more from that. But, again, you have to, you have to take the highs with the lows and lows with the highs. And, and that's just how it is. All right, I, I clicked the wrong button on the initial uh, soundbite or the initial clip there. So you were hearing Yedlin talk about Messi rather than, than the overall um, success or not. This was straight calendar, and then I want to hear your guys' thoughts. I think if you look at 2023 as a whole, I mean, again, like you said, we won League's Cup. We made it to the final in the Open Cup. And unfortunately, you know, we won't be going any further in league. So I think to make two finals win one is is a good sign that we're headed in the right direction. I think success is an interesting word, you know, but I think I think winning League's Cup was great. And I think for us to make it to a final Open Cup is great. But again, we're all competitors. We want to win everything. So for us not making the playoff hurts because that's just the mentality of our team. We want to win it all. Am I, am I the only one that really, really likes the fact that neither one of them said outright it was a success? DeAndre Yedlin said outright it's not a success. Straight calendar, you know, he was a little bit more uh, positive about it, but didn't outright say it was a success. Does anybody else like that about Inter Miami? I like that about them. I like that about them post game because it shows their hunger for more. It shows that they're not going to just be like, "All right, well, yeah, we won the first trophy in franchise history, so it's a well, success." Listen, they it's they like, could have easily said that. They could have easily said that. It is League's Cup, a tournament with no history, a tournament that may may or may not be played next year. So, I guess but the they, players they know that. They could have in the easily bottom? said that. You know how teams are. You know how teams are. You know. If you want to yeah. put the positive spin on it, it could have been easy for them to say, yes, it was a success. Yeah. I'm glad that they did it. I'm glad they did it because I don't yeah. think it was a success. I think it's a good step in the right direction um, for what they want to be. But I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't call it a success. Would you, Andre? I think uh, winning next cup was a positive, but they couldn't keep up with that 
even with Messi, Busquets, and Jordi Alba, they couldn't keep up with that in the U.S. Open Cup and in the playoffs. And in the MLS season, they they couldn't make it to the playoffs. They had opportunities. And um, that was one positive for the season. But if you analyze um, from last year to this year, last year they, they, they did make it. They did play that game in in a, in, in, in the playoffs. So, um, in general, the team won that trophy, and that must not be forgotten, like Tata said yesterday. But in in general terms, their play, their their build up as a team did not improve, even though they won that trophy. And and and. and the example of that is that they didn't win U.S. Open Cup and they didn't make it to a playoff. So uh, they have a lot to, to build on. And, and the thing is that League Cup was a short tournament and uh, it was only those games. And in those games, in a short tournament, it, it's always, uh, people like to say it's always easier. It is not. It's always hard to compete. But in that in those in in that type of tournament they they were good with Messi but when it counted for the rest of the season they weren't even with Messi and even with uh, all the other players that came um, not only Busquets and Jordi Alba but the other players that that Tata brought in so uh, I think you can say the season was uh, um, not a failure but not a positive one the positive was the cup. I think it's a step in the right direction. I think it's the best way to put it. Jose, are you with me? Was it a step in the right direction? Of course not. Of course not. Let's go. Let's, let's hear why you don't think it was a step Jose's in the right direction. Jose's going to, to say, win. ooh, they are the best team in the world, blah, blah. <laughs> no, let, let, I, I, think, I think it is a successful season. I mean, you got, you got Messi. That's the first thing and the most important thing. You got a support system around him. You won your first title. You qualify to the Champions Cup. Um, yeah, I think there's no doubt in my mind that is a good season, a good enough season for Inter Miami. Mainly, mainly Hold on, because Jose. the question is not is good it a or good, good enough, enough season. That's not what we're uh-huh. asking you, Jose. We are well, asking it is a successful, it's a successful season. season. Yes, season. Okay. yes it is right. success. That that's success to me, because I take into account what this team was at, at the beginning of the year. And I they never ended up being have... the same. Not really, because they played the final in Open Cup. They and lost. They won League's Cup and they qualified <laughs> against the Houston Dynamo. Yes. yes, but they made it. They made it. No, they played the final. You okay. said I'm that sorry. the Houston Dynamo was going to lose five to one, even though Messi wasn't going to play. Hold on, so yes. made it. I expected this team to lose against Miami FC. All right, hold, hold on, host. hold on, hold on, hold your horses. Well, when the season started, right? Take as many pods ago before we were doing the video and visual pod. Yes. We talked about expectations for the season. I, obviously, at that point, we didn't know whether Messi was coming or not. Right. But Inter Miami outwardly said they wanted to make the playoffs. Phil Neville was saying they wanted to be top three, top four in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, they fell very well short of that. Yes, bringing in Messi is a massive, massive moment. Um, part of the season's successes winning the League's Cup was as well, making the Open Cup final. But I don't think you can outright call it a success from a, a futbolistic or a, una, un aspecto futbolistico. I don't think you can just from a soccer standpoint call it a success because they fell they short won a in the regular... They won a trophy, yes. 
They won the trophy. And they qualified to the most important tournament in CONCACAF. Uh, Jose, level. but after that, what did they show? But that's one out of three, Jose. That's one what out of three competitions. What did they show after that? What did they show? They made the final in the in the in, in in one of the two other two other. I mean, is that not what you would expect? Of I mean, this would you year, yes. It? This year, yes. If you if if we're talking a year from now, and you told and you tell me they won League's Cup, I I wouldn't think that that's a successful season. Not at all. This year is a success. Because of the two jerseys that are right behind you, Franco. That, that's a success by itself. Host, host that is out of been, the field. Jose is applying for Inter Miami's marketing team, apparently. Because, Jose, we're talking about the yeah. footballistics. We're talking about soccer. They didn't show anything different. Messi, Messi, Messi is football. Messi is football. I mean, if, I mean, if you don't think bringing the best player in the world is related, you know, I, I mean... Have you well, guys, Jose, you guys uh, let me tell you something. I understand that, than, but you know, yesterday, so does, does PSG, the stadium does was PSG empty. Did PSG get called a successful season because they brought Messi over? No, Messi. Jose, listen. I no, this is, this is another is, level. This is another this is, level. Okay. This, this is, is not PSG. This is not PSG. This is MLS. This is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. Of course. I will say this, and I think Andre will agree with me. They won the League's Cup, yes? Okay. They made the Open Cup final, and they didn't make the playoffs. Had they accomplished two out of the three then I think you could say mm -hmm. it's a successful season. They got one out of three. They needed to either the, – the three goals were win Open Cup, win Leagues Cup, make the plan. So those were, I think, the three benchmarks you could have um, but this measured is, this them is, up against. This is a and they got to one. They only got team. one. This is Jose. the second to last team in the league. Why would so how you could you call them a successful season? How could you call it them is a successful? It is a successful season by the standard. By the standard, Jose, that they Inter couldn't has maintain right league's cup consistency. They couldn't they maintain league's cup. cup consistency. Not I mean, for U.S. You, Open you, Cup and not for MLS. If, do you want to keep up with league, league's cup consistency and not win it, and you'll be happy with it? I think everybody would rather win. Uh, tournament then you know prince, talk about consistency princess shorty says it depends on what the metric for success is it feels like a mixed bag to me a rebuilding right. year and a step in the right direction they need more time together to develop cohesion but we'll get there but again right I agree. yeah it's That's a step in the right direction step in the right mm -hmm. direction the metric yeah. of success, it's not a success. It's not a success. the metric of success for me is significantly lower than it is for you guys and that's <laughs> that's the that's the thing here your expectations for miami are always very low always very like, low yeah, I think this team won the matchup against against um, Toronto FC. That there was a fight for the worst team in the East, and Inter Miami won that battle. That's the standard that barely, I have for this team. Barely, even yeah, barely, even with Messi, but they won it. They won that battle. Even with know? Messi, fighting for last place. If, if, let's just say for a minute, fighting for relegation. So let's just say Miami won that battle. That's the standard that I have for this team. They end up winning a trophy. Great. I think that's a success. You guys think differently. Now, I repeat, next year, 12 changed. months from now, 12 months from now, if you tell me that Inter Miami won League's Cup, I can tell you that that's a successful season. I can tell you right now that the only way Inter Miami has a successful season in 2024 is if they win at least three trophies out of the four competitions that they will be playing. At least three. If they don't win three... It's not a successful season. 
would just different standard. I would it's a completely different standard. You've gone from down here to like up here. Yeah, I, I don't need, understand. It's I a different need, team. It's gonna be a different team. They need to win MLS team. Cup. They need to win MLS Cup next year. I mean, that's that's the standard you would hold them up to. I think that that would be a big barometer. And then how good of a run do they make in the Champions League? I, think I, I don't good. know. I don't. I, I I have I have a very. I think the tournament that they really need to win next year, and this is probably a conversation for January, not for now, but, you know, I would rather have them have a good run in Champions Cup rather than winning the league. Because, I mean, you can make it to the playoffs if you're in seventh or eighth place and you'll be fine. And they will be fine. You know, they they have already proven this year without having, you know, a a solid um, preseason that they can compete in elimination games. So I'm assuming they will continue to do that next year, and they should be even better next year in those type of games. So the league, you know, it's... I, I'm, host, host, I mean, I'm sorry, man. A team that's right now 9, 7, and 17 on the year in the regular season, that yes, they won a trophy, and then they got to the final game of one. I mean, with the record that poorly, and well, the start I, that they have and arrived at mid-season... Them. My standard is Jose, but low. how can you say you expected that from them if you're saying it's a success to win a League's Cup, which was, but right, after that, I they expected, couldn't maintain it. They couldn't maintain that rhythm. They, every team East. Cincinnati played the same amount of games as them in League's Cup, in US Open Cup, and they were not crying all around that they had three games in each in each week or whatever. And they went and, and, and won the, the Supporters' Shield. And Inter Miami couldn't maintain it, even with all the money they spend on Farias, Aviles, and Diego Gomez, Busquets, and Jordi Alba. They couldn't. They barely ended up above Toronto. I think you're only proving my point, really, with what you're saying. You're proving my point. I mean, they are not the best team in the world. So my standard for this team was for them to win absolutely nothing this year. I predicted for this team not to be in the playoffs. Yeah, but you are the one saying that Messi is the is a, a success successful because it, he came. But he came, and even though with Messi, they ended up barely beating Toronto, the worst team in the league. Well, I don't know if I agree with that, barely beating Toronto. Well, they're but, what? They're, yeah, they're 12 points ahead of them. So they've, yeah, uh, not barely they, they beating Toronto. Listen, I, all right. Jose thinks it's a success. Yes. Andrea and I don't. Drake Callender and DeAndre Yedlin side with us. I think it's and, a positive. And they were yeah. those were those were your coaches at the beginning of the year in the media game, Jose. So no, but uh, I, I like I like disagree to, with you. Yeah, I I would. Uh, well, I don't know if I want to go this far, <laughs> but I, I no, I'm not gonna say that. But I I like I like I like I like what what they said. I mean, it's that, that's the right like approach from a player. Yeah, I I, 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 I like I that. I think it could have been easy for them to be like, yeah, it was a success. You know, we were in, uh, in last place, uh, and then we, we won a cup, and we made another five. It could have been easy for them to label it a success. I like that they did it. It shows to me a hunger for more that should serve them well going into into next year. Now, again, I think it's about the standard. They had a, they, they had a, a higher standard for this team. Like Gregory said last night that he believes with this roster, they should be able to win it, win everything next year. Eh, I don't know. You know, Who said that? Standard. Gregory. No. I mean, they'll be favorites for most, if not everything, next year. Does that mean they're going to win? With this roster, no. With this roster, they are not no. favorites. They're going to make changes. They need a deeper roster. Yeah. Okay, so, it's not, so yesterday I spoke to 
a high-ranking source who told me next year's going to be big. Next year's going to be big. That's all they said with regards to that. But what I interpreted is the roster rules are going to change, and there's going to be this roster is going to be bulked up in a very interesting way. I mean, we expect Luis Suarez to arrive. You know, at least I do. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the pod. Um, but there are things that are in the works to really change this roster because clearly a lot of this roster is not Tata Martino or to Tata Martino's liking, right? Like Tata Martino likes uh, very technical players, good first touches, um, buena lectura, good reading of the game. You know, not all these players fit that mold. So there's going to be some changes, some significant changes this offseason. Let's listen to what Tata said post-game after that match, after the elimination from postseason contention, the loss to FC Cincinnati, about his overall viewpoint of 2023 and what's to come in 2024. Sinceramente, eh, yo esperaba que sea exactamente al revés de lo que sucedió. Eh, mis expectativas eran esas. Eh, armar el grupo, darle forma futbolística, no trascender demasiado en la League Cup, competir bien porque solo eran dos partidos en la Copa y poder clasificar a los, a los playoffs. Bueno, se dio exactamente todo lo contrario, como normalmente sucede cuando un entrenador piensa algo, este, eh, de lo que yo pensaba. Pero había cuenta de cómo empezó la temporada si uno tiene en cuenta que de tres torneos posibles hemos ganado uno, la verdad es que es un hecho muy importante para nosotros porque la Liga tiene 28 equipos y seguramente va a haber solo Houston ganó, nosotros ganamos, quien gane el torneo será el tercer ganador y hay 25 equipos que no habrán ganado, así que si lo vemos desde ese punto de vista nos vamos conformes. Y obviamente con un gran compromiso y, y mucho trabajo para hacer de cara a lo que viene. Hoste, so if you listen to Tata, Tata kind of sides with you a little bit there. Although I do think it's because, you know, he's based off of the results more directly. So he's going to say, yeah, we're, we're satisfied with how it went. And listen, again, one trophy, the first trophy in franchise history. That's a commendable achievement, but they wanted more, and they could well, have had more. No, they no, could no, have I had. I think it's different, Franco. I think it's different for him, because, you know, if you look at the time that he, since the time that he took over, then for him, it, it is completely different because you cannot put on him, the league, because basically they were in a really tough spot once he got mm. in. And then he gets League's Cup for a month. Mm -mm. So uh -uh. I don't think it's responsible I can't, I can't give you for, that. I can't for not give you making that. it to the playoffs. I can't give you that. He's not fully responsible, nor is he mostly responsible. But he does shoulder some of the responsibility. This team is on a six-game winless run across all competitions here at the tail end of the season. Had they done a little bit better, they're still in the fight. They still, it, they still have a chance to make the postseason. How? Had they not had they not lost the last six games? Well, you take one of the games off because it was the Open Cup final. Had they not lost or tied? Had they not dropped so many points during these last five uh, regular season games that they played? They're still in. They still have a chance. They might not but have a big chance. Cup, you know? I think they, really this is a story. The, this is a moment for Inter Miami. 
to show that they are a team like they like they say they uh, aspire to be because for me Tata talking about this and you Franco you just said it oh this he didn't build this roster next year Luis Suarez Modric whatever uh, people over 35 that they're trying to bring here to Miami it's the same thing if the results are not there they're gonna fire the coach they're gonna bring another one and say oh it's not the roster that they build and field used that excuse for a whole year now tata uh, even you franco is using that excuse for tata which well it's true but he brought sergio busquets jordi alba diego gomez tomas avilez facundo faria and messi six players six players six players so for me this is a breaking point for inter miami because if we are uh, talking about this right now giving excuses to tata because he he came in the middle of the year and all of the the stuff that you're saying but for me, it's stuff that I heard from Phil in, in, in the years that he was here, that this roster was not his, he didn't have the players that he liked, and then the next year when he brought the players that he liked, it didn't work either. They made it to the playoffs, but they were not a good team either. So yeah, this, this is, they, is There's no way you can compare an Inter-Miami team. This you can't compare an Inter-Miami team with Messi. If Inter-Miami brings Luis Suarez, if Inter-Miami brings Luka Modric, if Inter-Miami brings all these players that are proven but are old, are all over 35, they uh, and it doesn't work, it's going to happen again. And listen... Um, yeah, but you're, it, it sounds like you're waiting for things not to work. No, but it's and just we don't an know excuse. That. For mean, me saying Tata, for me to say that Tata is has an excuse of not making it to the playoffs because he didn't build a roster, for me that's not true. He brought six new players in. Let's be clear. He right, bears a, a percentage of the responsibility. Absolutely. I agree with that. I agree with that fully. Yeah. He's still the, he's still, his job is still to coach the, team, the players exactly. he has in front of him. Right? Like, it's his job to get the most out of them. And did he get the most out of them during the stretch run? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. He, he yeah, deserves he some criticism. He deserves some criticism for how the season has ended. Even he said, you know, in the Tuesday press conference, or pregame press conference, he's like, you know, queremos cambiar la imagen en estos últimos dos partidos. They want to change the image of how the season's ending during these last two games. And they weren't able to win on, on Wednesday night. So um, he definitely shouldered some responsibility. Again, not the majority. But he has some responsibility. Again, I think if they were to win Open Cup final, I would say this is a successful season. Losing the Open won, Cup final total. at home is that, that a big one. That's a big one. And you can say Messi yeah. was out. That this is team, not an excuse. This, 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 exactly. It is an excuse. No, it's not. Jose, it's please. Not you said that even without Messi, they would win 5 0 against Houston Dynamo. In no, this podcast, there is video, please. In 4K, 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 4K. 4K, 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 4K. <laughs> Bring back the team. I don't think Jose said that, though, Andrea. No, nah, he didn't say that. But listen, the team, even without Messi, because Messi's not going to always be around. He's going to get called up to Argentina. He's not going to be around for every single game next year. Mm -hmm. The team has to find ways to perform, que funcione, que haya funcionamiento without Messi. They have to find ways to perform, even when Messi's not out there. And they were not able to do that consistently during this final And he run. even said it. He's, he's, he's saying it. From now, we haven't even ended this season in MLS, and Tata is already saying the priority for Messi is the national team. So we and know that, that that's good. That's good. We, we know that that's they not, have. That's, in, that's not bad. We have I mean, the FIFA problem is that March, Inter Miami they don't April, have a team without Messi. May, June. So uh, that's a factor that Inter Miami and and all of this is going to be a factor. It's not as easy as to say 
they are the favorites to win it from now. Princess because, uh, Shorty, you have to take Princess Shorty a says, Andrea, you heard it from Phil for years. Tata has been here for a few months. Give him time and then judge accordingly. I agree with that. I agree with that. Absolutely. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see what he does this this uh, winter. Let's see how they uh, retool the roster. I don't think they're going to completely blow it all up, but I do think they're going to retool and, and make some some decent changes. Um, so we'll see for next year. But we still we still have some time to more dive into and look ahead. Uh, let's continue on with this season um, because I do think I don't think this is an excuse, but I do think it's a reason. Now the team should have done better. They should have played better. Um, you know, if even if going back to the last point with Tata Martino, I mean, was playing Lionel Messi and Jordi Alba in that game against Toronto FC where they both, you know, suffered the the re-injuries or they re-injured themselves or they got aggravated and they had to get come out. Like, was that the best man management of those two star players? I mean, th- I think there's room there for where Tata maybe didn't make the best decisions, which, you know, some cosa para corregir for next year. You look at Diego Gomez, who also came back from his injury from against uh, Peru in the last international window, and then he went out, he re-aggravated it again. I think there were times where maybe the players needed a little bit more time. But anyway, um, I think the overall point is that this team, Leagues Cup, you know, they were very, uh, they went full throttle, very intense, and they were very successful. They won games, they pulled games out late, and then once that euphoria and things settled with the regular season, the reality settled in, which is players got tired, they were fatigued, and then came the injuries. And I think that that is a big part of why yes. they were so unsuccessful during this final stretch of the season. Now, it's not an excuse because you still have to find a way to get the job done. That's what they get paid to do, the team, the players, the coaches. But I do think it's a reason for why down the stretch run, and rendimiento, the performance levels weren't at the same as where they were during these couple. Obviously, Messi was a big factor in that. Messi being gone um, obviously took away Inter Miami's playmaker, their goal scorer. Uh, so they, they lost a lot without him on there. So I think those two things, not having Messi and then just starting to suffer injuries and fatigue, I think those two things played a big, big part. Let's listen to DeAndre Yedlin talk about those two things. Um, this was from post game after the loss to FC Cincinnati. DeAndre, it's a team effort, but since Leo went out against Toronto, so you guys scored four goals in five games. How much did you guys miss him during this during this stretch run? Obviously, he's, the, he's a DP, he's yeah. your playmaker, a goal scorer. A I mean, how much did you miss yeah, him? Yeah, we miss him a ton. We miss him a ton. I mean, you take uh, you take Mukhtar in Nashville, you're gonna miss him. You take Costa out of Cincinnati, you're gonna miss him. You take Carlos Pilaf out of New England, you're gonna miss him. You know, there's there's a reason he's a DP. There's a reason he's the greatest player ever in the history. You know, of this game. Uh, you know, he scores goals, he creates goals, uh, and he makes everybody around him better. So, of course, we missed him. Missing Messi. This is on how the team felt. Not only physically, but mentally. And after such a grueling, grueling stretch where they practically played almost every three, four years. It's tough. It's tough physically. I think, you know, I think physically, you know, people are beat. I think probably even mentally a little bit more. Uh, you know, it's been a pretty emotional ride, I think. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things that you just got to deal with. Again, everybody has to deal with it and everybody, you know, everybody's dealing with the same thing. So do I think they should change it or not? I don't know. That's it's not really for me to decide. But um, I can tell you that physically we're, we're pretty beat and mentally we're pretty good. Thanks, Deandre. Thanks. So just 
DeAndre's just echoing there a little bit of what I said. Um, I, I think you agree, Jose, because I saw you nodding your head. I mean, missing Messi and then just the accumulation of the fatigue and, and the injuries started to pile up across the roster. Um, that, that, that pretty much doomed Inter Miami to, to no playoffs. Yeah, I think, you know, the most important thing, and I think the, the lesson learned with, with the League's Cup this year, not only for Inter Miami, but for every team in the league, is if you're going to go all in in that month, um, you better have a deep roster. Because if you don't, and, and you're basically putting, you know, the entire season in, 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 within, within the time frame of a month, right? Because you're going to be hurting for a while after it. So, you know, it's something that um, teams are going to have to find a way to approach. You know, maybe this is one of the reasons why the league should, you know, expand the possibilities of every team as to um, how many quality players am I allowed to bring in under the salary cap situation? Um, because if not, then, you know, people, um, people uh, teams are not going to start um, caring as much about League's Cup because, um, you know, in MLS, people care more about MLS Cup, you know, and, and they fans want to win MLS Cup. As much as the league wants to build League's Cup, U.S. Soccer wants to build Open Cup, and CONCACAF wants to build Champions Cup. The reality is that right now in the United States, people think MLS Cup is a tough tournament. So people might not start, teams, I'm sorry, might not start playing their starters in League's Cup if it's going to jeopardize the rest of a regular season. So I think for Inter Miami, that month gave them a sense of what they need to do in 2024 if they want to compete in all competitions. They need... I think I think they're going to change though, Jose. I think I think, and this is not inside information, just my supposition, my sensation from the outside. I think that MLS is going to allow for deeper rosters or right. bigger yeah. rosters Makes because sense. there's way too many competitions. There's way too many games. Yeah, uh, you saw Andre Blake come out uh, a few weeks ago and be very vocal about um, how how tired they are and how many games they're playing. I mean, yeah. MLS rosters aren't deep enough for players to be able to take on this workload in such a you know short span uh, i mean injuries start to pile up um and the quality starts to drop when you have tired legs out there um, right i think our hamas talked about it do you guys remember you know in the call that we had like prior right after the the messi announcement um i think he talked a little bit about it you know he said that like changes will not be coming right now but they might happen in the near future which is why i'm I saying think, i think i think it's yeah. gonna happen said, it, has it, to it makes that would be i mean we kind of need a messy rule right i mean that it's it's i mean it's 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 it must happen it, especially if you want to compete with other leagues that you know they don't have a lot of problems with just putting money out there and bringing players mls needs needs to find a way to do something about it if they want to continue to compete all right so let's switch gears because we just you know we talked a, a little bit there about or a good bit there about near Miami's 1-0 loss versus FC Cincinnati. I didn't give the lineup, and I'm a stickler for doing so, so here you go. Drake Callender in goal. It was a 5-3-2. DeAndre Yedlin, Thomas Aviles, Serhi Kristoff, Kamal Miller, Noah Allen. Midfield three, David Ruiz, your guys' boy, uh, Sergio Busquets, and Benjamin Kremaski. Up top, Facundo Farias and Joseph Martinez. By the way, I got to ask you guys. I have to ask you guys. Your thoughts, very quickly, very quickly, on David Ruiz's international break uh, drama. 
where he did not show up for two flights to the Honduran national team camp. Then came out and said publicly that he's committed to Honduras' his national team. Very quickly, I know you guys are very passionate about this topic as Catrachos, as very proud Catrachos, but I just want to hear your thoughts very, very quickly. Andre. Well, um, I think David uh, showed that he's a young player, a teenage player still, uh, that's not very mature. And listen, it's not a secret for anyone that the U.S. tries to get everyone that is a dual citizen, a dual national or naturalized citizen that can play with any country, especially other countries in CONCACAF. So um, I think um, David, uh, being uh, as young as he is, uh, had his doubts. And uh, when he saw what 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 a serious situation it is for you to not attend the call up when you've been called for the national team in an official tournament, because Liga uh, Liga de Naciones is an official tournament, um, uh, he thought about it. He he was. Um, like obligated to make a decision and choose. And he ended up choosing Honduras. Uh, I think um, it was a mistake by him, but I I am glad that he uh, thought about it and he made his decision. And I think he made the best decision for him. I'm going to ask, I want to ask Jose a different question. I'm going to give my opinion here because I'm not a catracho. Bad, bad look, my friend, bad, bad look. And look, he's a young player and like young people, make mistakes when you're young and you learn from those mistakes but muy muy mal muy muy mal mal asesorado the people that are part of his inner circle just a bad look man how do you like not even communicate that you're not going to show up to two different flights and then come out a few days later and say oh you know i'm committed to honduras it's not about the u.s under 23 national team or the u.s men's national team and all that like I, it, was, it was such a poorly managed situation Um, and this is where I, the question I go to you, Jose. I'm not asking Jose the reporter. I'm asking Jose the Honduran. There's a lot of Hon- there's a lot of Jose in Honduras. How do you feel about David Ruiz right now? If you're a Jose in Honduras that does not cover Inter Miami and is not an Inter Miami follower, fan, media member, how does the Jose or the Andrea that live in Honduras? about David Ruiz today? I, I think he he needs to make up some ground, you know? I think if... if cut I, your I think, hair! Cut your hair! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I, think, I think he needs to find a way to prove on the field that he really, really wants to play and that he belongs with the national team. I think, I think as a fan, I think that's... That's what everybody's waiting for. You know, I get the sense that people, um, they, I, I think he, he obviously took some damage, but I think because he was able to turn around quickly and realize he was making a mistake, um, then I think that really helped him. But it, I, I would say, you know, there's a, there, there's a, Uh, a solid amount of fans that are waiting for him, like in the Pan American Games, which he, he'll be leaving next week to the Pan American Games, they they expect him to put a good a good performance, and I think that tournament is very important for him to build a relationship again, because, um, you know, I don't think Inter Miami fans are aware of what David Ruiz meant for Honduras before he he you know he had 
he made the decision not to travel. Which, by the way, there, there are two things that I think we need to clarify here. And this is an interesting topic for me because people think, like from my tweets, people think that's my opinion, but it wasn't my opinion. I have Just, to be... You gotta, you, gotta, hold on, you have to differentiate. That's why when I say stuff here or when I tweet, supposition or my sensation, not information, or my opinion. Right. You get, people will confuse the two depending on how it's presented. So you, you got to make it clear cut. You got to make it clear cut. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's probably my mistake. But, you know, it was mainly information. For me, there was this was a situation where I barely gave my opinion, if, if, if I did at all. I'm probably giving my opinion here for the first time. Obviously, with Andrea, we talk about it, right? But um, I, I basically gave information away that I had. And um, David is also actually, lucky. Hold on, Andrea, hold on. Let's, uh, I want to hear what Jose, what Jose, let Jose finish out, round out the thought. Yeah, he actually talked with the coach. He actually talked with yeah, the coach. So, you know, the fact that he didn't travel and the whole situation about him not talking to the national team, it was not necessarily true. He talked to the coach throughout the process, like the week before. So Reynaldo Rueda was aware of where his head was at, you know? It's just that Reynaldo Rueda did not communicate as well to the rest of his team what was happening. That, that's but the one also, David is very lucky that the coach is Reynaldo Rueda and that right. Reynaldo Rueda yes. stayed face for him because when all this controversy and he didn't travel and Rueda spoke to the press in the press conference previous to the game against Gula in Republica Dominicana, Rueda was very forgiving of him and he explained that he had talked to him and he explained that David was having these doubts and, 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 and having these uh, people talking to him and people coming, uh, representatives coming to the game to watch him from the U.S. national team, I mean, uh, coming to the game and talking to him. So Rueda saved face for him. So I think th this is going to be very beneficial to David Ruiz and also because Rueda is also a coach that has done this multiple times not only with Honduras but with Chile with Ecuador always bringing players that are born in other places but that can represent that country and managing it well so I think David is very lucky to have Rueda in his corner and to have Rueda have come out and and talk and calm people down and that opened the door for him uh, to commit to Honduras, uh, to feel secure of committing to Honduras and, and moving forward. I'll say and this. I'll lastly, this. if I can clarify this. the second thing that I wanted to say that maybe helps you in your comment that you're about to make. No, it's not going to help me. Yeah, probably. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so he always wanted to play with Honduras. Andrea knows that. Ah, I know that. No, so he always wanted oh, to play with goodness. Honduras. Now, here's the situation. This is where I agents. Can't, I can't get believe involved. it. I think I think smoke is about to start coming in through the screens now. No, no, venda sumo acá, bro. Nunca hemos ido a vender humo. No me vengas a vender humo. Do not sell us smoke. Telling bro. You, My I'm telling you. My football radio has always been about being straight up and honest. And now you're gonna come right. and sell smoke because it's a compatriot. No way, Jose. No, I know the support no system. Way, I know the support system. I he would have gone. He would have gone. He would have gone. There was no been no second guessing. No, like, oh well, maybe you know. Franco, no there are just... other factors. Remember MLS, the team, and everything. There are so many things around. So that many situation. things that go Tata into Martino account. Literally said last right night, Tata Martino literally said last night that he will never get in a, in a player's way of getting called. But that is Tata. That is Tata. It was not a Tata problem. Listen, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Inter Miami is not related to this. Inter Miami is not related to this. This is the only thing I'm going to say. 
when it comes to David Ruiz in Honduras, he better play well, man. Because that leash is going to be short with the Hondurans, I yeah. imagine. I don't yeah, imagine yeah, that Hondurans yeah. are going to be – if he has one bad game, two bad games, they're, they're going to be thrilled and they're going to support him and they're going to – no, they're going to turn on him very yes, quickly. Yes. He has yeah. to work back and earn that trust again. He has to perform right. well. The pressure yeah. will be on him consistently until he does it for a, a, a prolonged period of time. Then – when he's gaining that trust, then maybe things will be smoothing over and this will be just a, a blip in, in, in the radar. But he's got some work to do, man. As, as soon as he starts having bad games, people are going to start reverting back to this and their thought on this if it happens in the near future. Anyway, Absolutely. all right. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll move on because I know you guys could probably have a whole podcast here on <laughs> David True. Ruiz. Um, so Inter Miami took on Charlotte FC once again at home at Drive Pink Stadium on Wednesday night. This was the 2023 home season finale this was i'm going to start with the starting lineup here since i didn't do that till the end in the last game so it was a 4-3-3 drake counter and goal deandre yedlin thomas aviles kamal miller noah allen made your your back four gregory sergio busquets diego gomez the midfield three gregory the returning gregory was the captain and up top nicolas stefanelli on the right facundo farias on the left flanking leonardo campana as the striker and inter miami played to a two to two draw they went down twice in this game but they found two equalizers the first of which came from nicolas stefanelli in deep in the first half stoppage time 45 plus six and then robbie robinson came off the bench to score an 84th minute tying goal andrea chuckles um again we don't have to dive into the game in a whole lot of detail because the bigger talking points are you know, the team and what's to come. But we can very quickly just give our, our thoughts. All three of us were there, very well-dressed, all three of us, hosted in a suit, not that horrid orange thing that he's wearing right now. I was in a suit, <laughs> as usual, and Andrea was, <laughs> Andrea was in, a, in a nice nice blouse. Um, uh, Jose, I'll start to you because Andrea's laughing away. Uh, very quick thoughts on last night's draw which again extended into miami's winless run here across all competitions at the end of the year at the end of the season to six matches since you're bashing my my shirt i'm gonna take some time <laughs> and give my friends at united star soccer academy a shout out by the way by the way by the way now that i think about it and now i'm moving away from the topic yes of course this is the david ruiz academy Por eso no quisiste vender humo. See, I, I, this is not... The story writes not... itself. The story writes itself. This is why you wanted to sell smoke earlier. See, Luis is a product of United Stars Soccer Academy. Seven years in this academy. And yet Inter-Miami is blaming an academy player because he played for like six months with them. So Jose. never Jose. forget, never forget, my friends, <laughs> at United Stars Soccer Academy, just to be clear. Okay, so what was the question? About the game, also your quick takeaways. Quick, quick. I don't make it. Uh, don't make it long. Quick yeah. Takeaways. Um. You know. I mean, it wasn't a good game. It wasn't a good game at all. You know, they missed a lot of opportunities. The goals are like uh, they, they were like a festival, but you know, for a horror show. It was just <laughs> poor defending. Um. No, for everything, it, especially in the first half. Yeah. No. I. I uh, you know, it, uh, it, there was there was a point in the game where I felt like they really have to play 30 more minutes. You know, it, it seems like Charlotte 
they don't deserve to be a playoff team at all. You know, Charlotte is terrible to me. And, you know, and it was it, it was proven to me when, you know, the match ends in a 2-2 where they should have won that game. And the head coach is very happy, you know, clapping and congratulating his players for a 2-2 draw against the second-to-last team, already an eliminated team, Messi-less. I just don't I, I don't appreciate that. I don't appreciate that. So I didn't like the game at all. I don't think Charlotte should be a playoff team. Listen, I mean, you got to give some context there, brother. The, the draw what? wasn't the best result for them. But they were winning up... the game okay, against Austin, an eliminated team. But, but they're team. still alive. They're still alive, right? And he's yeah, trying, but they he, don't he... depend on themselves. With, Correct, that they but... were, with the win, they would have been already qualified. But I can see, understand why a coach would want to try to keep it positive going into the final. No, man, I would have no. strangled everybody and told <laughs> them. Rather, and then got the maíz. Get the pasa. Robbie Robinson scored against you. Like, Robbie Robinson eliminated you from it the was playoffs. A great, hey, listen. Listen, we criticized Robbie Robinson a good bit, but let's be fair to Robbie Robinson. That run was a perfectly timed run. Perfectly timed <laughs> run. The finish wasn't the cleanest. It wasn't the best finish. If you missed that, I mean, give Campana credit. Oh, Get I'm gonna play a heck of a ball, but you have to make the run too. Rob, if, listen, if he misses, listen, that... Robbie Robinson gets his gets his his cherry on top there for that. Yeah, he made a great run. He made a great run. Not, that's not normally a run we've seen from Robbie Robinson. Now off the ball, in the box, not the run we've normally seen from him in his uh, what almost four seasons here. So I think he deserves a little bit of credit there, um, or more credit than you guys want to give him. Uh, with regards to the game, close I agree with you. It was a very poor game across the board. It was really rough to watch, especially in the first half. You know, you throw in the fact that uh, the stadium was sparsely attended. Um, I would share that footage, but that's going to take us on another tangent, and it's going to make this pod way too long. Um, so we can talk about that later on and, and the messy effect and, and what it all means. I mean, this was a midweek match. It was a rescheduled game. There was no playoff implications for Inter-Miami, and there was no Lionel Messi on the field. He was on a field-level suite after traveling back from beating my Peru 2-0. to zero. Anyway, uh, so uh, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't a great game. Both teams sloppy, both teams with turnovers, bad passing, bad defending. Um, it, it, like There were times where both teams would cough up the ball in dangerous spots, and you'd see you know, the team that won the ball in those good spots – ready to attack and they'd have numbers and you're like, all right, this is a great chance for them to put one uh, uh, on goal. And they would botch it, shoot it. Like Diego Gomez misses that one wide of the frame. He's wide open in the box. A great run. Noah, from Allen. But then Noah Allen has another one, um, you know, later in the game where he's one-on-one. He got played through in on goal. Now you have to, you know, again, give some context. Noah Allen is surdo, right? He's left footed and he was in a, Un perfil derecho, right? He was not in the most comfortable um, posture, I guess, is the best. Did you way watch to the game. That. I take a and he, and he sh- I haven't seen it back yet. I haven't seen you, it. Back you yet. have to. You have. Of to. course, I, have to. I watch every game back. You just said. Time. You're gonna regret what you just said because <laughs> he had plenty of time. He had a lot of time. I was going to say Stefanelli had it, less more time, and Stefanelli so, could. So he did. This is, what, this is what I'll say. This is what I'll say. Like he's a young left back. And an American left back. It's not the left back strength in general to put the ball in the back of the net. So I can understand why he didn't feel most comfortable or why he didn't realize the time that he had. That said, he still should put that chance away. I agree with that. And that's something that has to be improved because if that was a final and he had that chance and he misses that, then that could prove very, very costly. Um, So I agree with that. 
but I also take into the context that he's an American left back that's almost never probably put in that position to try to finish a chance, right? He's not getting paid to put the ball in the back of the net. He's getting paid to, to defend and whip and cross some help in that regard. Anyway, um, the game itself, blah, but Inter Miami gets a point. Um, so, you know, that helps avoid uh, an overall mm, sour feeling, a sour note. Um, it wasn't completely sour. You know, there was some excitement. There were some goals. You know, the fans that were in attendance were able to, to cheer and celebrate. I know this uh, firsthand because of how sparsely it was attended. This was more, it had like a more of an old school inter-Miami feel uh, to it, like an old school inter-Miami game where the players, you know, they weren't necessarily going on the bus and being charted over. Like they walked around the stadium, um, fans took pictures and grabbed them. It wasn't like this whole tight security protocol like we've seen since Messi arrived. It felt a little more uh, like the old days. Um, and, you know, fans, I think, appreciated that, got some selfies. You know, I saw Gregory even after, you know, we had him in the in the post-game mix zone. I saw him walking around the outside of the stadium being stopped by fans as he was trying to get into his car, and he was taking pictures and talking. Um, so it was, it was like a, I won't say a nice, but it was a different way for them to close out, um, you know, the home stretch of their season. So I wonder, um, I wonder if that was the last time for – a lot of people that you know had season tickets, season tickets, and that will not be able to renew. So if, yeah, if that's maybe. the case for those people, then you know I'm glad they had that one last uh, opportunity. Maybe, maybe, and I think that's where we'll we'll kind of quickly wrap up this this game. Because again, we don't need to dive into the X's and O's. I think one of the biggest talking points, if not the biggest talking point, was Gregory's return. Right, got injured earlier in the year, has missed a whole lot of time, but he made his way back into the lineup, reappeared. His first appearance in months. This is what he said when you guys asked him post game one about his return, two about his new contract. That yes, he signed in recent days. Inter Miami announced that Gregory has signed a new deal. Jose, give me the details here before we go to the clips. When is the, what is the contract through? What season is the contract through? Twenty twenty five. With an option for twenty twenty six. All right. So that, those are the details. And now this is what Gregory said. Upon about his return and about the new deal. Eh, muy contento, está regreso. Eh, eh, fueron ocho meses muy duro para mí, eh, pero tengo que dar muchas gracias a Inter Miami. Me dio todo el soporte para poder trabajar y poder recuperar de mi lesión. Y hoy pude estar regresando a, a jugar y no fue los resultados que esperamos, pero soy de regresar y ayudar al equipo ya estoy muy contento. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. 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 I don't know y dio mucha mucha seguridad para, para, para hacer recuperación de mi, de, mi, de mi lesión y eso me, me deja muy contento para, para poder jugar y, y luchar por este equipo. I have a question for you guys because did you interpret that the way I did? He says like it gave him a lot of calm to continue working. So was this deal in the works for months and they just announced it now? Yeah, is I that how so. you guys took yes. it? Yes. That's, that's yeah. what he kind of yes. said. Right? He's like, uh, they let, let me focus. 
he was a DP player. This is the deal that they agreed with him for him to be not a DP player and open that spot for 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 the players that came in. Well, I, th I think they had to buy him down first, right, to make room for the DPs. But I think that this deal was. And that's why it's months. until two twenty. That's be, that's why it's with an option until twenty twenty six because. Uh, you need to give, and we talked about this in, in, in that time that we were discussing that Gregory was a DP and that they needed to do something, that they were going to give him a lot of years and, and split up his money so that everything is in order according to MLS rules. And I think that that's what the team did. That's, that's our supposition, not inside of Yeah, our supposition, let's, let's listen to it again. Let's listen to it again because he says, you know, it allowed me to, more along the lines of, it allowed me to focus on my recovery. This deal allowed me to focus on my recovery. I think it's also the confidence that the two years that you've played here, so this renovation shows that people who work in Miami are good for the club. They are people who work in serious here. And, of course, it gave me a lot of security to make a recuperation of my lesion. Y eso me, me deja muy contento para, para poder jugar y, y luchar por este equipo. He says, me dio mucha seguridad para hacer recuperación de mi lesión. So translate that. The deal gave me a lot of assurance, a lot of security with regards to being able to do my recovery from my injury, my injury recovery. So it sounds like this has been in the works for months, for months and months. Yeah. It just got announced now, right before you know he he made his return. So, you know, good on good on Inter Miami. They were clear. It got they announced to bring because we we saw the the salaries. <laughs> the salaries came out. <laughs> <laughs> well, the salaries did come out. I wish we could talk about that on this on this uh, pod, but this again, we'll we'll be here way too um, way too late or way too long um, if we do that. We'll save that maybe for. Uh, one of the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, don't worry. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Gregory, I don't we're think gonna do end of the season. We got to do awards. We, we have to do an awards show. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, I think. I don't think there's going to be any surprises in, in the No, awards. but we, we need to add. Uh, hopefully, people can can help us out with um, in, in, the, in the chat. I, I think we should add like rookie of the year most improved you know other than the usual because we have well i mean i think again we can do that but i think it's i think every who knows i don't think we all agree on who is yeah, the MVP. That's, that's why i stopped because yeah. Yeah. uh yeah we kind of we, we have to do that show i'm not gonna okay. say anything we have to, all right we have to. well i asked so Jose asked about uh the the return from injury andrea asked about the contract i asked about jokingly whether he'd be a dp right because at the beginning of the year the questions were is gregory a dp or not and there was all this uh, murkiness this is what gregory said in a in a very refreshing manner whether he's going to be a dp going forward comenzamos el año preguntando gregory es dp o no es dp gregory va futuro dp o no dp yo quiero yo quiero yo quiero gracias gregory so, yo quiero, aka, I would like to be. I would like to be. Um, hopeful that he will be, of course, because, you know, there's other Let signings um, to be made. And obviously, the players already um, that have that uh, label. So, all right. Um, very quickly, very quickly. We're switching gears one more time. We've still got two more topics to talk about. 
is this weekend. Inter Miami closes out the season away to Charlotte FC. It's a rematch of Wednesday night's game. It's at Bank of California Stadium. No, Bank of California, Bank of America Stadium. Sorry, in Charlotte, North Carolina. The biggest talking point is: Is Messi going to play or not? Right? Home of the Mexican a- national team. <laughs> Messi said after helping to throttle Peru with his brace that he plans to play. That that one was when he was asked. They didn't really confirm whether Messi would play. This is what Tata said on Messi's status on Wednesday night during the post-game press conference when asked about the Argentines' availability. Bueno, escuché, escuché la entrevista, estoy al tanto de lo que dijo. Hoy alcancé a saludarlo antes del partido, pero no hablamos en profundidad. Mañana seguramente hablaré con él, pero lo más importante acá es este, los 90 minutos que jugó... Eh, o, o, El, el partido de eliminatoria, que se sintió bien, que no estuvo confiado y no preocupado por, por el tema de la lesión, que a veces la cabeza juega este, un rol importante. Y, y mañana evaluaremos este, para ver si está, está listo también para jugar el sábado eh, en el entrenamiento. Él llegó esta madrugada, esta mañana acá. So, very quickly, just a simple yes or no. Andrea, does Lionel Messi play on Saturday on turf field? Forgot to mention turf field. Does he play on Saturday? No. Yes, no. Paulson. Yes, I think he plays. Starter or substitute? Uh, I think he'll start, but he'll come out early in the second half. Okay, so we all have different answers. I agree with Paulson that I think he plays. I think it'll be off the bench. I think it'll be off the bench. Now, I'm not going to ask you guys to dive into the game and do a whole analysis because, again, Inter-Miami, it's, it's a meaningless season finale for Inter-Miami as this pod has been titled. It's Messi's meaningless season finale as well because there are no playoffs for La Rosaneda. So, the result doesn't matter. How much does the performance matter to end the year on a... Well, I guess not ending the year because they still have the two friendlies in China, but... To end the regular season on a positive note, how much does it matter, if at all? Back to you, Jose. doesn't matter at all. It's just another opportunity to watch Messi play with Inter-Miami. But what, you know, what, 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 Tata, what will Tata look in his staff look to get out of this game? Nothing at all. Nothing at all. He was asked about it, you know, in the at, at the end of the press conference um, after the game. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't buy that. I don't think these two games, you know, matter at all. I, I don't think they... You know, this, these two games are basically the same as the two games that they'll play in China. You know, it's just, it doesn't matter at all. You, no, things will change. They'll have preseason. Not, none of this matters. You can carry any momentum with this group coming into next year. The, any momentum that you can carry comes from League Cup. It doesn't come and, from MLS. Andrea, do you think, I'm not going to say there's any player that, they're not considering that it's all of a sudden going to score, you know, like let's say Robbie Robinson, for example. I don't think if he scored on Wednesday and then he scores again this weekend, let's just say that happens, that he would change their mind from no to yes. But I think if you're a fringe player that they're not sure on, I think you could help your cause. I think that's the only thing that is at play here if you're an Inter-Miami player or Inter-Miami staff. I'm sure they've made up their minds on mostly everybody, but if there's one or two players that they're like, mm, maybe, maybe not, whether we bring them back, 
this is an opportunity for them to make their case or not make their case. I think that's the only thing here that's at stake for Inter Miami or Inter Miami. Yeah, I think these two games were for that, and that's why we saw some players get opportunities, like uh, Stefanelli, uh, who got an opportunity to play in this game uh, against Charlotte. I think we'll see uh, other players that have not played a lot this season on 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 Saturday. I think we'll see a, a completely different starting. We'll see McVeigh. We'll see Sailor. We'll see Robbie Robinson, Victor Ulloa. I think we're all gonna see all, all those players that um, are most definitely uh, leaving, and uh, we're gonna see some players that uh, have contracts but uh, have to win. Uh, a spot in this team. We're going to see Jan Mota, we're going to see Nicolás Stefanelli, and uh, um, we're going to uh, watch them play. Maybe we'll see Joseph play his last game with Inter Miami, and uh, I, that is what I expect from, from this game on Saturday. Uh, it, it's all that it is, because as Jose says, this is the same, and as, as those friendlies, they are going to play in China. So you expect a reserve-filled lineup on Saturday? Yeah. A lot of substitutes. Yeah. Jose, do you think it's going to be a mixed lineup or do you think it's going to be a strong lineup? No, it's going to be a mix. It's going to be a mix, I think. Uh, as mixed as Andrea says it's going to be, I don't think we're going to see that many. No. Uh, I don't think no, we're going to see no. Bay, Sailor, Ulloa, Robinson. I, don't, I think it's going to be mixed. I think you'll see some of the players play. No. Um, I think starters. we'll see Jordi I think, Alba maybe, but I, I, I don't think, think they, we'll see Busquets. I think they they have you know I think they they are pretty clear. I mean, if you if you listen to Tata's pressures from three weeks ago, he's already thinking about twenty twenty four. I mean, he's well ahead of everybody else, and it's it's a little bit unusual because you know normally a coach will tell you, well, we're gonna take we're thinking about the game over the week, and once we're done with that, we we'll start thinking about everything else. But he feels so comfortable right now telling <laughs> everybody that he's already thinking about 2024. So that's why I'm telling you, you know, these two games, they, they don't matter. They don't matter. Everything that happens in these two games will be erased within a matter of minutes after the season is officially over. On Sunday morning, you know, they are already putting everything in plan for preseason. That's that's the way I think they're working on it because that's the way Tata has approached the whole situation. And I'm just going to add one more thing because I think we've mentioned Sailor. McVeigh, um, and I'll add a couple more to the list. Ascona, which you all know I personally love and I think is a solid player. Uyoa, those four players. I'm going to stop there at four. Those four spots in the roster for next year, you know, you just can't have players that will not be a part of their rotation, you know? I mean, you can't have four spots when you're competing for in four competitions and you expect to win four competitions, you just can't have four guys that basically play 10 minutes every six months. It's impossible. I mean, they, they really, that's where they need to do the work. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there. Okay. So I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, I think we're going to see a mixed lineup. I don't think it's going to be as drastic as Andrea said. I think you'll still see some of the younger guys like Farias, um, like Kremaski, maybe like, Gomez, I think they're going to give them, um, you know, more minutes to give them a rodaje, just more experience, more seasoning. Uh, again, I think Messi plays, but I think he comes off off the bench. Um, do we see Busquets? Do we see uh, Jordi Alba on turf in a meaningless game? I don't think so. 
I don't think so. I think you'll see, you know, Gregory Jean Mota. Uh, no, I don't think Noah. we'll see Gregory. You don't I think asked so? him yesterday and he's practicing. He said he wants to play. The doctor, but the doctor said no. <laughs> I don't think you'll risk it. You know, I, I think especially with Joseph, I mean, no, Joseph, um, with uh, Jordi and, and Busquets, I think they really need them for the China tour. So they, they better better take care of them and not mm -hmm. risk them. Risk, risk That's them why I think turf. Messi will not play on that turf. That that field is horrendous. That field is horrendous. I think this is a situation where Messi wants to play. Yeah, maybe he wants to play, but where for Messi business decides. side and for Inter Miami, I don't uh, think it's... Messi's no I'm with Jose. I'm with Jose. I'm with Jose. I think it comes down to what Messi wants in this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah Messi, Messi saying post-game after beating Peru that, oh, he put, he's going to play, like saying it, like, you know, just outright that he's going to play, where Tata's been like, oh, we'll see, we're going to assess him. Like, yeah. those two things aren't jiving, so... But if Messi wants to play, I imagine they're going to let him play, although yeah. they'll try to take the, the, you know, precautionary measures. That's why I think, you know, this is a situation where Messi wants to play, and then Tata comes and goes like, can we do 60 minutes? Do you think we can we can do 60 and that's 30 it? 30 minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah, 30. Yeah. Yeah. He will say, ha visto la cancha, ha visto la cancha, Leo, ha visto esa cancha, Leo. Like, seriously. It will, for me, it would be a risk for Messi to play in that field, but I, I agree with you guys that... China saying, is the most important thing right now. Yeah, They need exactly. to have him ready for China. Imagine if Messi so, gets injured against a team that doesn't matter, against a team that... okay, he's If going it doesn't to, go to China, the, the tour is over. It's over, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, it's been a jam-packed episode, and we're not done yet. We've still got a couple more quick talking points to talk about. Yeah, and I think it's a good transition because Jose talked about how Tata's been, you know, instead of just focusing on the end of 2023, he's already been talking about 2024. And that's where we transition here. Because on Tuesday, I asked Tata Martino about the, you know, the latest links with Luis Suarez, who I am convinced and have been convinced for months that he's caught. Not inside information, supposition. Reading between the lines with everything that's happened since the summer. Gremio, the Brazilian club, has said that he's going to leave at the end of the year. That he will go on a free. He will be a free agent. I fully expect this Miami to capitalize on that. So I asked Tata Martino on Tuesday about whether or not they plan to count on him or with him in 2024. Tata did not outright deny the possibility. He instead says that they have an analysis with Luis Suarez and an analysis without Luis Suarez for what 2024 could be like. So listen to what Tata said. Mira, nosotros oficialmente, obviamente todavía nadie nos ha dicho nada. Nosotros dentro de nuestro análisis de la temporada que viene y de las necesidades que podemos tener, eh, tenemos eh, un análisis con Luis y un análisis sin Luis. Así que llegado el momento y cuando nos este, oficialicen eh, la situación de, de Suárez respecto a Inter de Miami, estaremos preparados para para ir por el camino que corresponde. Luis Suárez is coming, right? You get your Luis Suárez jerseys bought already, custom make them and get them ready, right, Jose? Yes. I mean, come on. <laughs> if we ask him if, if Cristiano Ronaldo is coming, he's going to tell us, well, we have a plan if Cristiano Ronaldo comes, but we don't have we and we also have a plan if he doesn't. I mean, do you make a plan for a player that you don't expect to have? I mean, it makes no sense, right? So he's basically saying... I know yeah. Jorge Mas already said it, that once he was free, 
player, they they will go for him. So I think. And that's uh, another messy situation, by the way. Yeah, that's messy. That's another messy. Let's be serious here. It's not. Yeah. It's not for Inter Miami. I don't think they would have gone. I don't think any any MLS had the chance, and maybe Inter Miami had the chance to sign Luis Suarez once he left Europe. And no one did. That's why he ended up in Brazil, no? So I think LA uh, Galaxy, they were in the mix. Yeah, but, but he didn't go to LA Galaxy, right? Yeah, they didn't so uh, he's coming just because he's a friend of Messi and they have a pact, a brother's pact of retiring together and in a team. Uh, and they had that pact with Neymar. Uh, and um, unfortunately, Neymar is now injured, so it's only going to be Luis Suarez and uh, Lionel Messi, but I think, yeah, people can expect poor Leonardo Campana. He's going to get stripped of the number nine, and and he's he's going to have to play with another number. Tank721 <laughs> says, El Vampiro viene a Miami. Listen, I don't know if people are very excited, because, listen, Miami is a town that you have Real Madrid and Barca people. If you are an Inter Miami fan that loves Real Madrid, you don't like Luis Suarez. Uh, and if you are an Inter Miami fan that loves Barca, of course you're gonna like Luis Suarez. But Luis Suarez is not like Messi that everyone is going to love him. He, I think, he'll have to work a little bit harder for him to well, be loved. I think there's it, there's there's one, one small it. thing that He's I think you're missing there. It. I think there's one thing you're missing there. Inter Miami, right now, is Barca. They don't, they don't have Barca or Real Madrid fans. They have Messi, Messi fans. fans. So yeah. if Messi tells them Luis Suarez is the next big thing, <laughs> Joseph, Joseph Martinez is being Poor replaced Joseph. as, as Lionel Messi's best friend and sidekick. It's going to be Luis Suarez. And just yes. be like, <laughs> poor Joseph, yeah, you know, I feel bad for Joseph because he hears Tata's this, no, this no, but I mean, save he's from Tata and Joseph. he's like, well, I have no chance, like Pizarro, like when Tata said, no. oh, I would love to give Pizarro, but he has to leave. The same is with Joseph because he has to leave to, to make room for Luis Suarez. That's the last player that I will feel bad for. I mean, no way. He got a chance to play as a starter where yeah. he didn't deserve to be a starter in this yeah. team. He was Messi's friend, and that's why he started most of the matches he did. So before, I won't feel bad for him. He had his be, shot. Before this potentially spreads, El Vampiro is not Luis Suarez's nickname. Can you imagine if Luis Suarez... Listen, Luis Suarez is not only a Vampiro, a Pistolero. No, Luis Suarez no, is a pistolero, no very, a very polemic <laughs> player. He... I don't think... I, I don't think... Wait. I cannot wait. MLS cannot wait. is going to wait. scramble. Listen to this. I am saying this. October 19th, 2023... Le Luis Suarez is going to be a mess for MLS because he is a very polemic player with celebrations, with he's even been accused of racism, he's been accused of biting people, he's been accused of everything, in, of being uh, tramposo, of everything. So it's going to be interesting to he's see him in MLS. I don't, think it's, I don't think he's... He's controversial because of, you know, the world we live in right now. But I oh, think how, he, how he is and how he competes. Yeah, he it's his personality. Yes. But it's going to be interesting to see because MLS tries to control everything. You cannot celebrate like this. You cannot do this. You cannot do that. So it's going to be interesting to see. Super Kaja Fragilistic says Suarez score almost in every match and assist in every game. Messi close friend and they're understand 100% playing. Yeah. Listen, I think he's going to come in and kill it. Yes, you know, he's not going to press a whole lot. He's not going to run a whole lot. But if you give him the chances that 
Campana and Suarez and uh, and Joseph Martinez have gotten inside the box. I think he's putting most of those away. So he's gonna I, be like I, Iwai, I he's... scoring and scoring goals. Yeah, I think the main problem for him could be for how long can you keep him on the field. Mm-hmm. If he's on the field, he's gonna be successful, just like Messi. You know, whenever he was he, he's on the field in MLS, you know he's gonna he's gonna be the best player. I think Suarez is gonna be the second best player on the field. All right. So the last talking point here. We all expect Suarez to be here. Andrea, you agree? Yes? That, that was yes. a yes. Okay. All right. The last talking point is some friendlies. Inter Miami announced, as we last recorded, they will be going on a tour to China. And please forgive me if I butcher these pronunciations. I don't speak Mandarin, so I don't exactly know. I should have prepared better. Yes, I should have prepared better. Um, so Inter Miami will go to China. And their first friendly will be against Qingdao Hainu FC. On November 5th. The following game will be against Chengdu Rongcheng. <laughs> I just did it in Spanish pronunciation. Rongcheng eh, on November 8th. So three days later. No broadcast details yet. No ticket information just yet. But it's Inter Miami's first ever international tour to extend their global reach. PR talk. Um, you know, I mean, it's the end of the year friendlies. I don't really know what you're, you know, what you look to get out of them besides just Messi going on the field, selling tickets, selling jerseys. I mean, we'll get to talk about the games. We'll get to watch the games. Who knows at what hours we'll have to be up to watch those matches because we're probably going to have to be up, you know, some some unseemly time. Something that Jose, I know, is going to interrupt his beauty sleep, and Jose is a stickler for for his sleeping um, periods. Um, but interesting, <laughs> interesting tour that they'll go on. Uh, I don't think any of the three of us are going. I wish we were. I wish we had a little more notice that we would have um, been able to, to maybe get that lined up. But I don't they think we'll don't be want us, Franco. That's why we didn't get any notice. Because <laughs> oh, well, all I've the been same... getting notices to go with the Dolphins to Germany since seven months ago. And Inter Miami couldn't tell us that we've been covering the team since day one, a month ago even. But, well, it is what it is. <laughs> Princess Shorty says, geez, Franco, you didn't learn Mandarin during the pod break? Slacker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. No, no. So I'm still brushing up on my Mandarin. Um, it'll be interesting to see. This is the last thing we'll talk about. And then we're wrapping it up. No final thoughts, nothing else. That, that in yesterday's press conference, all but confirmed that that friendly that's being reported against Newell's old boys, his old team, Leo Messi's old team, that that will be taking place. He didn't say when. It's been reported for February in preseason. But he all but confirmed it. This is the clip of him all but confirmed. Forma parte de nuestra preparación. Es decir, para mí particularmente es muy es muy lindo poder jugar un amistoso con, con, con mi equipo. Este, pero eh, forma parte de, de lo que tenemos pensado para para el próximo año, no para llegar de buena forma. Forma parte, forma parte de lo que tenemos pensado. So it's part of our plan. Para el próximo año, for next, next year. year. Right, so for 2020, it'll be in February 2024 is what's being reported. So it's expected to be at DraftKings Stadium, which would be, an, it'll be a nice, a nice event. It's messy, tata, the storylines will be nice there. Um, and I'm sure it'll be a sellout. No doubt, no doubt. All right, we'll leave it there. It's been a jam-packed episode. I know you, Jose probably is dying to give us some more David Ruiz fodder. No, sir. Actually, I just realized that I have my steamer here where I record, and I could have plugged it in and while you were talking, just like, like this. <laughs> just smoke could have started, but it would have been fantastic. I, sh- I should have thought of that sooner. Uh, Listen, anyway. maybe Robbie Robinson came in and told David, man, go to your national team or you're never getting called <laughs> up to the United States. Don't make the same mistake as I did. Avivate, uh, chele. <laughs> um, 
Speaking of that, I was just in Chile. I was just in Chile, and it was it was really nice. Cold, but really nice. The Peru game, not not so nice. Not cold, so nice. <laughs> cold. Poor Franco. Poor Franco. At least Honduras is doing a little bit better. So, okay. So we will. That does it for this pod. It was a long one, but I figured it would be. So we had a lot to cover. Um, we'll keep the next one shorter. We will be back again. I don't know. I don't want to say early next week because we might have some post season availability with some of the head officials or the executives of Inter Miami, but we will definitely be back at some point next week to recap the season finale in short gist, but also give our overall thoughts on the season, maybe give out some awards, and of course talk about anything that is said either by Jorge Mas, Chris Anderson, Tata Martino. What we said, who was going to be the MVP. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's not going to be very good. No, I said (laughs) Pizarro. (laughs) I don't know. Who, I don't remember who I said. Campana. Oh, we Campana, both said Campana. Yeah, you said Campana. We both said Campana. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. We already ruined the last show. So for Jose <laughs> Armando, aka Island Jose, for Andrea Yanes, aka Ajisita, I am Franco Penizo. You have been listening to and watching Miami Total Football Radio. We'll talk to you guys again in a few days. Uh-huh.